0: Hey guys, welcome to Ascent. We're so glad you joined us this weekend. We're actually finishing up our series called God of Justice this weekend. And in a moment, I wanna tell you a story because in this building right behind me, this is Mackey Auditorium on the University of Colorado campus, 26 years ago, poor me, I experienced an injustice happen right here. I wanna tell you the story, but first, here's what I really wanna do. I want us to invite God into this time I want us to hear from Him. I want us, our ears to be open, our hearts to be open, our spirit to be open. And so we're going to start with a song. And as we sing it, ask God to speak to us today. So here we go. I choose this day
1: to be grateful, Lord. I give you praise with an open heart. I'm waking up to heaven. waking up to you. Oh, I'm waking up, yes. I'm waking up to heaven. I'm waking up to you. Sing, I choose this day. I choose this day to be grateful, Lord. I give you praise. With an open heart I'm waking up to heaven I'm waking up to you Oh, I'm waking up, yes I'm waking up to heaven Oh, I'm waking up for always being good, for always being good. Thank you for your mercies that are new. Thank you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, I'm telling you. faithfulness like the sun rise you're in this love reaching past the skies I'm waking up to heaven I'm waking up to you sing I'm waking up I'm waking up to heaven said I know, thank you, in spirit and in truth, thank you, I'm telling you, thank you, oh for you and you alone, for you and you alone, I'm waking up my soul, and it's my joy to thank thank you in speech Father, I'm telling you, thank you, I'm telling you, thank you.
0: All right, guys, I got to tell you a story. You are going... You're just going to feel so bad for me. Uh, What a victim I am, right? 26 years ago, something happened in this building, Mackey Auditorium, when I was a student in journalism at the University of Colorado. So I'm in this class, it's advertising. There's a guest professor who has come from, I can't remember if it was Finland or Norway, somewhere in Northern Europe. He was here, he was teaching our class and he made it clear on the first day, you know, we're gonna do a massive group project. You're gonna to put together an advertising project, you're gonna get assigned a group. And as soon as he said that, I went, ah, oh, oh, come on, you guys know. When you hear the term group project, who in you, which of you just goes, oh, no, 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 that's me. I don't want anything to do with that. So, but we're gonna have this group project. Worst thing is, it's worth like 60% of our grade. So my whole grade is dependent now on some people that I'm getting assigned with. Sure enough, I get a terrible group. I get assigned to these guys, they're all frat boys up at CU. They're, honestly, they're stoned half the time. I think they were stoned in class when they came. They're not paying attention or anything. Guess who's owning the group project? It's me. Jim is owning the entire thing. We get into it, I can't get these guys to do much. Our presentation day comes. I honestly think the guys were stoned the day of the presentation or that they had been out at some frat party the night before. Maybe they're like the guys who are like burning couches up on the hill. I you know, that's that's who I was grouped with. We get to the presentation and I had my part nailed. I'm up there, I'm doing my thing, I'm you know, making sure I'd done my research, I tried to get them to do theirs. They get up there and like sleepwalk sure enough we get our grade back we get a c minus on our on our group project a c minus i'm fueled i'm like furious this is not fair and i start thinking to myself like what is this professor thinking does he not know how we do stuff over here like is this is this an america versus europe thing going on so i march into his office i go into his office I sit down and I say, "Uh, I like talking about my grade. And he says, "Okay, yeah, what's going on? I see here that you've got an overall B in the class. And I'm like, yeah, I've got a B in the class because I got assigned to some guys who didn't do any work. And so I got a C minus on the group project. And I want you to know, this is the only B that I've ever got in the journalism school. He looks at me and he goes, oh, Mr. Candy, sorry to hear that. I said, well that's great to be sorry, but what are we going to do here? Is there something that you can do? He goes, I'm really sorry, but as you know this was a group project. I said look, I did all the work. You saw it. You saw my part. My part was an A and you know it. He said, you're right Mr. Candy, you did a very nice job. I said, well then how is it fair that I'm getting penalized for what these other guys did? He said to me, This was a group project. I said, you assigned me these guys. You're the one who put me with these. That's not fair. I didn't even get to choose these guys. He said to me, do you get to choose the people that you're grouped with in real life, Mr. Candy? I said, this isn't real life. This is CU, for goodness sakes. Why why are you saying this? He goes, Jim, I'm preparing you for real life and there is going to be group projects and I'm very sorry, but I am not going to change your grade. And then I got low. I said to him, that's not actually how we do things in America. He didn't like that. Um, And so I just will report to you that I did not get that grade changed. And and I I left with a terrible injustice done to me here at Mackey Auditorium. Man, I don't know, as I look at my life and as you look at your life and you think about group projects and you think about the the desire to be yourself, the desire to be an individual, I felt so robbed in that moment. Hold that story, because I want to tell you another story. I want to tell you a story about a kid named Dan. Dan, Daniel, 15 years old. Just this young kid, he's a teenager. But he's living in this country where there's some major issues. And in fact, he grows up and at age 15, his country is invaded by another country that comes in and and this is horrific. They come in and they forcibly take the people, Daniel, and all the people in his country, they forcibly take them away and they exile them to another country. Now some of you know, of you guys have been around, you know where I'm going. This is a story of Daniel in the Bible. And it's one of the most kind of um, terrifying group projects that I think the world has ever seen. You see, Israel had this like deal with God. They were gonna follow God, they were gonna love God, they were gonna be close with God. And for some reason along the way, Israel just started to totally go the other direction. And, and they did two things. Uh, the first thing that they did was they started to worship weird stuff. They started worshiping like little blocks of wood or little idols that they had created or gods who lived in the mountains who made it rain and that was the entire piece of their faith and God was going, that's not good for you. You wanna know what real faith is? You, You worship me. And so they violated that. But they did something else. The Bible makes it so clear in books like Amos and Micah and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel that the people were really guilty of harming the most vulnerable people in their culture, of harming the poor, of harming widows. That that they had set up systems to keep the top on top and the low down low, and perpetuated that for decades. And God God literally got to the point where God said, I am so repulsed by this that when you meet together for your worship services, it, it makes me ill. It, it makes me sick. I don't, I don't want to have any of your worship services anymore because of your hearts and how they have gone so far away from me. You guys, that's where Daniel grew up. And he was 15 when he was exiled away, when God allowed, and this is horrifying, but God allows another country to come in and exile Israel. Let me ask you a question. Was it Daniel's fault? The dude's 15. Is it his fault that these systems are in place? Is it his fault that the poor and widows are being taken advantage of? He's a teenager. He's a kid. And if you've ever read the book of Daniel, it's so funny. When you read the Bible, you will see all kinds of characters, and most of them have unbelievable character flaws. Here's what's crazy. Like the one guy in the Bible who I don't really see flaws in is Daniel. You see his character. I guarantee you as a kid, this is not his fault. And yet at the age of 15, he is carried away to another country, part of a massive group project gone wrong. And this isn't a, hey, you're gonna go away for a few months and sit and time out until you get this right. Daniel is in Babylon for 70 years. 70 years. Wow. <sighs> okay, how would you pray if you were him? If you're Daniel and this happens to you, think back to me with the professor, right? God's the, the professor in this story. How does Daniel approach God? I'll tell you man, if it were me, I've already shown my cards, I'd be in God's office saying, this isn't fair, this isn't right. I didn't do anything to deserve this. That's what I have said. What does Daniel say? He says something that is so foreign to my mind, so, so unbelievably hard to comprehend that we've got to read it. So listen closely to this prayer that Daniel makes daniel chapter 9. i prayed to the lord my god and confessed O oh lord you are a great and awesome god you always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands
2: but we have sinned and done wrong we have rebelled against you and scorn your commands and regulations We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets who spoke on your authority to our kings and princes and ancestors, and to all the people of the land.
0: Lord, you are in the right, but as you see, our faces are covered with shame. This is true of all of us, including the people of Judah and Jerusalem and all Israel, scattered near and far wherever you have driven us because of our disloyalty to you.
2: O Lord, We and our kings, princes, and ancestors are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. But the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him.
0: O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. For your own sake, do not delay. O my God, for your people and your city, bear your name.
2: Good morning, Ascent family. My name is Ayesha and I just want to say thank you for joining us online today. Although our building has been closed, our community continues to grow even beyond Colorado. So if you are new or newish, I just want to say welcome to you. We have a connect card that you can fill out on our platform or on our website. And as a bonus, you get a free Starbucks gift card. So make sure you check that out. And as a church, one of our core values is to be generous. When we see a need in the community, we wanna show up and meet that need. So this will be week two for us partnering with BVSD for the personal hygiene drive. Swing by Ascent Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. to drop off any and all personal hygiene items. I'm talking soap, shampoo, toilet paper, all the things, okay? Lastly, we wanna thank you for your continued generosity. We could not live out being a blessing to a community without you. So there's two ways you can give, either online or through our text to give option. All right, back to Jim.
0: So I guess a big question we gotta ask is, is there a more important or bigger group project in America than race relationships? And I'm not just talking black and white, talking all the different races in this country, all put together. It's quite a group project, isn't it? And, and man, if you haven't been paying attention, there's a lot of different ways to respond to this. And, and I'm sure even the people in part of our church, there's probably a lot of different ways we respond to this. And I wanna kinda hit on a couple of those because there's one way in particular that I'll admit I'm tempted to respond, but I wanna poke at a little bit. Let me let me show you what you mean. So. Uh, we have a family history. Uh, my mom's a genius when it comes to genealogy. She'll travel anywhere. She'll like drive anywhere to find out some library where she can research our history. I actually have a book on my family, the Heemstras. So we came from the Netherlands from Rotterdam. We left there, we came to the US, and we came in about eight, 1947 something like that here's what I want to make sure y'all know I've looked at this with great interest the other day guys if you want to know where our family comes from you see this this big arrow right here that's Michigan so we moved to Holland Michigan right Holland people Netherlands we went to Holland Michigan That's really important, I want you to understand. We were with the North, okay? We we were not Southerners, we were not slave owners. We, We were a part of the good side in the Civil War. That is us right there. And so, given that, aren't I good? It wasn't our fault. I did my part of the group project My ancestors did our part of the group project. Uh, Some of us look at this and we go, you know, isn't there just a few bad apples out there that we kinda need to weed out? But ultimately, I didn't do anything. I'm not a racist, so it's not my fault. And so we could just do this. I wanna push us a little bit to think, why wouldn't we just do this if it's not our fault? It depends on how you see yourself and the group and the whole. It depends on if we see ourselves just as individuals or if we see ourselves as part of a collective. And let's be honest, forget what we think. Let me ask you this, what does God think? What does the Lord think? How does the Lord look at us? Does the Lord look at us and see an individual? or does the Lord look at us and see a group a collective a people is it this or this now here's the key what I just said is wrong I just used the language either or but I'm not so sure that's how Jesus saw us Jesus was amazing with individuals. Jesus loved individuals. Jesus said he knows every hair on your head. That's a pretty individual statement. Jesus met with a guy named Nicodemus and said, you know what? Uh, You need to be born again. You need to become a new person. He met with a woman at the well and said, I have water for you that actually will never dry up. He met with a guy who was blind and he said, do you want to get well? He met with a woman who was caught in adultery and said, you know what? I don't see anybody left around here to condemn you. Jesus was all about the individual. He knew you. Guys, if you've ever wondered, does Jesus see me? Does he care about me? Or does he just kind of see the globe, see the planet? He cares about you. And we're part of a collective. We're part of a people. Guys, when you heard that prayer read by Daniel, did you notice the language he used? I blew my mind. We. We have failed you, God. We have fallen away from you. My ancestors have fallen away from you. Would you forgive us? Man, that is such a different conversation than what I had with my professor. This is Daniel who sees himself through the lens of a people, not just an individual. Guys, at the very end of time, the description in the Bible of us meeting God in heaven, it's not just me and Jesus. No, I'm part of a group, I'm part of the church, I'm part of a collective called the Bride of Christ that meets Jesus in heaven. It's a both and. And so, if that's the case, am I doing this? Am I washing my hands when God might be asking me to extend one instead? What does that mean for us if we're part of a group, not just an individual? Uh, I I saw this funny study the other day. This killed me. Um, They went around the globe and they um, handed people a piece of paper and a pen and they said to the people in the study, draw a picture of yourself and draw a picture of your friends and your family. And so they took the pen, they took the paper, and they drew a picture. Some of them were stick figures, some of them were really elaborate, whatever. But here's what they noticed. Americans, in the pictures, drew themselves 30% larger. The picture of themselves that they drew was 30% larger than the pictures of other countries when they drew themselves. What's going on there? So apparently, we have a pretty good sense of self. Right, and part of that's great, <laughs> and I and I love where I live, and I also look at that and I go, I wonder how I have been influenced by the culture that I've grown up in that has somehow maybe even um, unbeknownst to me, dragged me subtly away from a biblical or a scriptural or a godly or a kingdom of God viewpoint of who I am. Guys, we're a collective; it's not just me. I read something else uh, this week that was just so hard to read. Um, It was a stat on wealth in America. And it was actually comparing the average net worth of a white family to the average net worth of a black family in America. Uh, You wanna guess what the difference is? between the average net worth, if you total up everything that they own, that's what net worth, you know, everything they own, this is what the total dollar amount. I'm gonna guess what the difference is. Average white family is 10 times the amount of the average black family. 10 times. How did that happen? Guys, we, we gotta answer that question. We, we gotta enter into that and say, I wonder, If God would look at that the way he was looking at Israel during the time of Daniel and say, that's not okay. It's not okay that there's been centuries of, well, you can't vote, you can't own property. um, That that those things have been set up until, gosh, the last 50 years and obviously today it's still going on how do we rectify that? How do we change that? Is it okay for me to do this because I watch a movie and I see some racist people in it and I go, "Oh, thank God I'm not like those guys. Or have I benefited from it? Have I benefited from this somehow just because of the color of my skin? And honestly, ask yourself, what would the Lord think of that? How would God respond to that? I've got a friend um, that... I sometimes think about in relationship to this, some of our family history is that when Karen and I got married, not long after, we were actually given a nice little chunk of money for a down payment on a house. And it was part of that down payment. And so we bought a town home and we were young and just married and we got to buy this town home and that town home made so much money. we, We made money like this, right? Boulder County, you know, 20 some years ago. And so we sold it. Right, we lived there two years, tax free, sold it, took that chunk, moved on to the next bigger house. Did the same thing, lived there a couple years, sold it, tax free, moved on to the next bigger house. Did the same thing, moved on, you get the idea. We played checkers with that little money. Guys, I went to see you, I got out of here with this much debt, right? Mom and dad, love you. I think about my friend, a black friend of mine who really over the course of the last year and a half has been living in someone's basement trying to get together enough money to get 5% down on a home. And some of you think it, you hear that and you think, well, that's just anecdotal. No, it's 10 times. It's 10 times the amount of a black family. I don't think God's up for that. I don't think God likes that. Now, some of you, and I I want to take a risk here for a second. Some of you are looking at this and you're thinking, okay, I've heard the series, I get it. What do I do? Here's one I want to hope for us. I do not think this is primarily a political issue. I do not think this is primarily a social issue. I think this is primarily a spiritual issue, a Kingdom of God issue that we need to see this through the lens of the eyes that Jesus would see this. And for those of you who are on maybe more of a conservative side, and you've been watching this series going, Ooh, I'm getting nervous. They're talking about high taxes, bigger government, you know, like all that kind of stuff. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not prescribing anything. We're not. This is not a left or right issue. Here's the thing. The left and the right have proven they don't have answers. And so we want to look to Jesus during this time and say, God, you are the creator of the universe. How are you going to guide us in this? Don't let your mind jump to solutions that preclude you from admitting that there is a problem. That's the first step. And here's what I want to leave you with. When Daniel prayed, something unbelievable happened. He prayed that prayer, incredible humility, the we prayer. The first-person plural prayer, not the first-person singular prayer. Plural prayer. We, Lord, we, Lord. He prayed that prayer, and then something happened. An angel appeared to him. Some heavenly being showed up. It's one of those crazy moments in the Bible where you're like, really? This guy shows up. This angel shows up and starts talking to him, and he says to him something remarkable. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, he says, "For since the first day." that you asked for understanding and had a humble heart, humbled yourself before your God. The first day you did that the doors of heaven opened. Heaven listened to you. Your prayers were heard in heaven. Understanding. Guys, you want to know where we want to start? That's where we start. We start by coming to the God of the universe and saying, help me understand this. Help me know this. That's what Daniel prayed. Help me understand what's going on. Give me understanding. Give me a humble heart. He actually looked at God and said, you know, God, you actually have the answers to this, and I don't. Because if we believe that it's true that Jesus, as it says in John chapter 1, all things were created through him, he doesn't just have something, some advice on this. Okay? Jesus has the answer to this. Jesus is the way forward on this. That's what a humble heart looks like. Understanding and humility. If you pray that the scripture says the doors of heaven are open on day one, you get an audience, you get an ear, you go to the top of the inbox on day one. Understanding with humility. Guys, my hope is that we will ask God for answers about this. We will not ask Fox News or CNN. We will not ask the elephants or the donkeys. We will primarily first go to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, you have created this. You alone have the way forward. With understanding and humility, we ask you to teach us. So guys, we're gonna pray here in a moment. Uh, We wanna sing a song about prayer, about our interaction with God. Don't you dare turn this off, because when we get back from that song, I want to lead us in that time of prayer.
3: Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit
0: That song and I hope you'll stick around here in a moment because we're going to sing one last song that you're not going to want to miss but I want to lead us in a time of prayer understanding and humility and actually I don't want to pray your prayer so what we want to do is whatever it is that you and God are wrestling with on this maybe you disagree with what I said uh, why talk to God about it maybe you're right there in line with it either way I want you to interact with God And so I'm going to say a two second prayer and that's going to lead into a time where we're just going to have on the screen a moment for you to sit in silence and have a conversation with God and then we'll have that final song. So God, hear us now as we pray.
3: To the king, I don't have much to bring. My heart is torn in pieces. It's my offering. Take me to the king. Truth is, I'm tired, options are few. I try. can okay. to the King. I don't have much to bring. My heart is torn in pieces. It's my this song. Take me to the cave. Oh, would you take me there? Please take me there. Take me to the
2: what an incredible service next week we're going to be starting a brand new series entitled becoming because the person we are today and the person jesus calls us to be actually demands something from us so make sure you are here next week to learn more about becoming see you then